0: Yeah, we are. We are going to do exactly that, and we want to make sure that you are participating in it as well. We're going to take a bunch of your phone calls. You're going to hear a ton of Vince Scully calls. You're going to hear a ton of people talk about the amazing impact that he had on this city, on this team, on all of our lives, whether you've met him or not or just listened to him on the radio, just watched him on television, Now, It was uh it was an incredibly sad night last night, but yep. the the celebration of his life is really something else. And getting a chance to sit in here last night and, and talk about it for a few hours and getting a chance to come back in here again this morning and talk about it for several hours more. I, I, I don't know the right word, and this is where you realize how good Vin Scully is at what he did, because he would have had the exact right word for it, but... I, I'm I'm very excited about an opportunity to get to celebrate Vin Scully's life because it was a life so extraordinarily well lived that touched so many other people, specifically in this city. And I, I just, I, and I know that everyone that's listening to us right now, we can't say thank you enough to him for everything that he gave us.
1: Yeah, I think you put it best to, to kind of say it's a it's a special day. And when I say it's a special day is to get a chance to listen to so many individuals that probably have their own personal stories, so many individuals that uh, grew up on Vince Scully who at one point as a kid, uh, that's all they remember from their childhood when they tuned in and they turned on a Dodger game, and then it's their kids that are doing the exact same thing. I mean, talk about spreading generations, 67 years on TV and on radio um, uh, I'm. I'll tell you this, and I know this is. Uh, th- this is like you mentioned a couple different times last night. Mentioned today, it's a tough one because I know how iconic and important he is to so many different people. By the way, forget L.A. for a second. Sure. Everywhere, um, we'll, we'll certainly do our best to try to let those uh, convey what Vince Scully meant to them.
0: Yeah, it's you bring up a really good point, Al, and I want to give out the phone number right now because I want I want to make this about the city. I want to make this about Dodger fans, about sports fans, about Vince Scully fans, 877-710-ESPN. Um, usually when somebody that has such a close identity to a particular team or a particular city feels like he's ours right he's our guy and you don't you you're not allowed to feel about our guy the way that you do right you you have your guys we have our guys and certainly in los angeles um he he was our guy but he also felt like he was everybody's guy (laughs) whether you were you know a, a fan of another team like you go back to another era he was able to call games, and it wasn't like, "Oh, the Dodger guy is calling the game." It was Vin Scully is calling the game, and he was able to transcend just being the Dodger guy. Even though no one has ever been more of the Dodger guy, but yep. when he would call a game, and whether it was a you know a Cubs Cardinals game, game of the week in 1985 on NBC, hmm. you didn't feel like it was the Dodger guy doing it. You felt like it was Vin Scully doing it. And I don't know if there's anybody else that could do something like that.
1: There's only uh, there's only a few, and I, and I think you and i can kind of probably tell our own little personal experiences but there's only a two there's only a few real you know we say icons legends in what they do and vin is one of those guys and i think when you say that it's kind of it didn't matter vin scully is obviously known for los angeles dodgers sure. and he's known for dodgers baseball but there aren't too many that can go from sport to sport there aren't too many that can call um uh, a huge golf tournament can can call one of the greatest plays in NFL history, <laughs> and then you know have these iconic calls on uh, on the Dodger back. I, I yesterday I was listening to you guys driving home, and you and John were kind of going back telling stories. Betos telling his story, his own stories as well. And when you guys played, um, there there were so many different calls that you played. Some I was familiar with; sure. others I was like, w- "This is news to me," you know. And it's. I guess who has a resume like that that no can date back so long? It's it's really it's it's quite uh, extraordinary. And, it, and it, a day like today, a week like this week, we're probably going to get an opportunity to really, really go back and reflect on stuff that maybe we took for granted. Maybe it just was done 25, 30, 50 years ago and that we have not been – Privy to it in the past, so that, days like this give you that opportunity to reflect. Yeah, on it.
0: it's a it's a very sad day because somebody has passed, but it also makes you just appreciate. You get an opportunity to appreciate it all over again, and like you said, Al, I, I. I I'm a Dodger fan. I have been a Dodger fan for a long time. I'm a Vin Scully fan. I'm a baseball fan. So like, this is something that I felt like I knew reasonably well. Like I'm not naive enough or arrogant enough to think that I've heard everything and know everything. But I thought Mm -hmm. that, you know, when it came to a lot of the classic Vin Scully stories, I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on most – like you said I, I we kept finding things online last night It's like i've never heard that before it's amazing it's just such an an amazing recount of a story and we're going to play a whole bunch of them to you uh, for you today and look i I'm not going to play it right now. I want you to stick around. I want you to listen to as much of this as you can today but if I told you there was a story about Vin Scully in a crack pipe, you'd think I was making it up. There is, and it's an extraordinary story, and it's so well told. And you know, we know the Kirk Gibson home run. You know the the Sandy Koufax perfect game and the Don mm-hmm. Larson perfect game. And to your point, out the catch, Montana to Clark in the back of the end zone. That's Vin Scully. <laughs> you know, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player winning the Masters. Come on, Vin man. Scully. I mean, it's it, it, he had I, I, it, to your point. I didn't know this last night. Somebody called in. It was an older gentleman who obviously, you know, have a, a great recollection of this stuff. Vin Scully hosted a game show. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I had no idea that Vin Scully was a game show host. I had no idea that Vin Scully had a talk show on television at some point in his career, the Vin Scully Show. I, I didn't know any of this stuff because Vin Scully certainly wasn't going to tell you. Vin, Vin Scully wasn't going to go, oh, you know, the time I was at uh, Augusta and Jack Nicklaus. Never. But he would tell you the story about when he tried to race Jackie Robinson on ice skates, despite the the fact that Jackie Robinson had never skated before. And last night, it was the the same words all, all, you know, again and again and again. And it was humble, and it was kind, and it was warm, and it was familiar, and it was masterpiece, and just all of these things. And you're like, yep, 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 yep. Every single word that you heard describing this, and I think perhaps most extraordinary of all, and and, and I don't, I, I really, I, I don't know if I've ever experienced this before. I don't know if I've ever known about a person, and I did not know Vince Scully. It's, I I really regret never having the opportunity to get to spoke to him or or just shake his hand or anything like that. I've never heard anyone say anything negative about him ever. And when you do this for as long as I've been doing this, I've yep. been doing this for nearly 30 years, okay? It's, it's, been, it's been a minute. And you hear bad things about every – now, there are guys that are, you know, almost always well-liked. You know, you talk to 100 guys, 95 of them are going to say, oh, he's great. And then two guys say, hey, he's okay. And then one or two say, and hey, I he wasn't my guy. It's 100 out of 100 for him. There, there was never that – you know, I just don't get it. I just don't get what the big – never with Vin Scully. And and we're, we're, we'll take phone calls today. We'll play yeah. some of the sound for it. And, and I'll tell you what, Al. And and last night, uh, you and I and, and our whole team here at, at ESPN 710, we were we were gathered together. Just coincidentally, we were having kind of a little team uh, team function, and yep. we were having some dinner, and we were having a a meeting. And, and Craig and uh, and Sam were talking, and John said, "You know, hey guys, uh, I, I just Vin Scully just passed." And he says to to the room, and but to me specifically, hey Trav, let's let's go. And we were, we were down here at LA Live. Mm-hmm. Let's go, let's go across the street and, and go on the air for a little while. And I, well, yes, w- yes, let let's go do that. And and as I'm walking over here, and it, where we were to where we needed to be, it was a it was a three minute walk. It was not, yep. it was not far. And on the walk over, I was struck about just how hard it is to say the right thing at the right time with no preparation. And in the three or five minutes it took me to get over here and to sit down and to get everything ready to go, and John and I kind of talking about how we wanted to go about this, I was struck with the gift that he had to say the right thing at the right moment every single time And be entirely present in it and never lose track of what it was about because no one would be able to describe his impact better on this city and baseball fans than he would. There are other guys that are really, really good at this. There are other guys that are master crafts in L.A. We've been incredibly spoiled with people like Chick Hearn and Bob Miller, but... He would have never, ever talked about himself like this because that's not how he rolled. But he would have been able to handle a situation like this where somebody that everyone loves passes away and find the exact right words. And when we were sitting in here last night trying to find those words, you just had an even deeper appreciation of what a master he was and what he did for a living and how he affected people's lives.
1: You guys are you and John, you know, just to to use you two as an example, two L.A. natives that. Everything that is related to Los Angeles, it's in your it's in your blood, right? And, and I think there's a connection with the two of you, with many, many people that are around Los Angeles County or tune into us. They're originally from LA and they sure. live somewhere else. And I think you two trying to describe stories yesterday, how I'm sure a lot of what you do day to day, why you got into the industry, I'm sure there were many times when you were a kid growing up saying to yourself... Man, how amazing would that be to have a microphone in front of me like a Vin Scully or like a Chick Hearn or like a Bob Miller and to be able to talk about my local team? And I think there's, you know, whether you're in this industry or you're not, whether, you know, I'm sure there's some type of motivation that you had or experience that you had that somebody like Vin touched, Mm -hmm. right? And it wasn't. You know, he, he's it's, it's it's there's so many tribute videos right now that are um, out on social or ESPN, airing um, or Spectrum or whatever the case is, and so many of the stuff that he does, Vin, and whether it's his storytelling or it's just the way he would talk to you, you felt like, wait a minute, are we? He made it so personal. It was you to know, you. It was just. Yeah. To it you. was. Wait a minute, are we having a conversation here? No, no, no. He's talking to the masses. But he talks to you in a way where you felt like you're just having that conversation with him. And that, that's such a special gift, right? We can sit here all day, and our industry, um, it's so cool to kind of see all the people that are motivated by broadcasters that have been in the game for a really, really long time. Vin touched everybody. It didn't matter. You're in the industry, you're not in the industry. You came to a game, you didn't come to a game. You watched on TV, you listened on radio. How how are you able to make it feel like you're having a one-on-one conversation with me? I mean, such an uh, unbelievably special.
0: I, I, I want to I start right here. And we took some calls last night and got some great stories about, hey, I met Vince Scully here once. Or I had an opportunity to shake his hand at this one. I want more of those today because I think they're all stories that we're all going to love. They're all stories that make us feel connected to him in a real way. I don't know if you got a chance to hear it last mm-hmm. night, Sleeves. You were, you were in your car Somebody worked at a, I think it was a Gelson's in Westlake Village where Vin used to come in and buy his groceries. He knew all the checkers by name. He knew the bag boy. And, and that's it right there. Right? Let, me, let me ask all you guys out there. Do you know the name of the woman or the man who bags your groceries? I'm guessing you probably don't. Hmm. He did. OK, and he knew them all and, and the the call. And it's just it, it's a great example of the sort of guy who was. I want this to be fun. Obviously, it's, it's a very bittersweet sort of situation to lose somebody like this. But somebody that we all hold in such high regard and love so deeply. Your phone calls coming up next. Eight, seven, 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 ten ESPN. Plus, we're going to play a whole bunch of Vince Scully sound today because I promise you, I absolutely guarantee you this going to put a huge smile on your face that's coming up next it's Travis Lee 710 ESPN
2: this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza the number one pick in Detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight S-A-V-E. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: You know, Al, it's, it's funny because there are the iconic calls, right? In the year of the improbable, the impossible has happened. And the Hank Aaron call and the Don Larson perfect game and the Sandy Koufax perfect game. But I don't know if there's another broadcaster that had a signature line to open a baseball game. It's time for Dodger baseball. I dare you to hear that and not smile. I I I dare you to hear him say, "It's time for Dodger baseball." There's somebody in their car right now that has this goofy grin on their face and yeah, that was just you you knew. Hey, sit, sit back and he would say, "You know, pull up a chair wherever you may be, and it just felt so right. It felt so like you're going to have a really good time. This game's going to take, you know, somewhere between 2.45, 3.15. And you're going to love every minute of it because this guy is going to tell you a story you've never heard before. He's going to make you think. He's going to make you laugh. He's going to deliver the perfect amount of excitement if the game is good. If the game is a dog, he's not going to try to sell it to you. He's just going to tell you even more great stories. And you just knew, like, all right, let's go. I I, I swear to you, part yeah. of the reason that there are people like myself who do not mind sitting in their car all day long is because you got to sit and listen to that for an hour and a half or a couple of hours. It, it's extraordinary.
1: It's like the start of a movie right when he <laughs> says it's time for Dodger, Bay. it's like I'm just letting you know we're about to start, and you just kind of get comfortable in your chair or whatever the case is, and you know it's uh you know it's game time i, I it, It's funny because for me, and I've mentioned this to you many times that listening to Chick Hearn growing up was everything to me it really was I mean it was just the, the way he would call games um. The way he used his chickisms, right? Like this, the, he had his own verbiage, make-up words that ended up still today being used. And I always thought that was so special in that kind of sport, sure. basketball. But basketball is back and forth. Basketball, there's action always going on. Listening to Vin was like, I, I don't know how to describe it. its It's a game where unless you really, really, really love the game, three and a half hours, a long time, sure three is. hours, a long time, three hours and 15 minutes, whatever the case With is
0: about two minutes of action. If you packed it all into one second, right. <laughs>
1: yeah. right? You're, you're right about that. And he would just get onto some tangent about a story. And I would almost like the game almost became secondary. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute here. What, wait, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. This batter is up right now and there's two on in the third inning and the Dodgers have a chance to score, but I'm, I'm almost more intrigued by what Vince's talking about with this. I mean, it's just it's a special gift. I don't know how else to explain it. It, it, it. is.
0: You know, it, you're exactly right, Al. And the gift is the right word because, you know, when you watch Clayton Kershaw and you watch him throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and then he throws a curveball that falls off a table and he throws a slider that breaks <laughs> nine feet, you're like, well, I, you know, how does a human being do that? Mm-hmm. Vince Scully's gifts are just as extraordinary. It's just that he does it with his words. He does it with his ability to describe something because i know baseball in the sense that i can tell you what the count is i can tell you how many runners are on base i can tell you yeah. what the score is and what the inning is i can't do that <laughs> i can't i can't tell a story and emily get this one ready for us here for a second about madison Bumgarner finding a rattlesnake on his property and <laughs> cutting it open and taking the the, the, the baby rabbit out on, of the thing's stomach and and describing the game like you could tell me okay traf Madison Bumgarner's going to pitch tonight. And and at some point you need to tell this crazy story about a snake on his property. And he was able to do both of these things. And he did it at a level like, you know, and I'm stealing other people's lines like Picasso yeah. paints or Mozart would write music. Mm-hmm. He would talk about baseball games. You know, Bumgarner tells a story, which in a sense reminds you of what it takes
4: to be a big league ball player. It's two years ago in spring training and he and his wife were roping cattle which is what they do one one pitch sinker low ball two two and one and they were startled by a large snake and Madison thought it was a rattlesnake so he grabbed an axe and he hacked the snake to pieces but there's something more to the story two one pitch low ball three three and one. When his wife Allie and an expert field dresser examined what was left of the snake, she found two baby jackrabbits inside pieces of the snake and extracted them. 3-1 pitch to Turner way inside ball four. And after she extracted them a short while later, the Bumgarners noticed that one of the rabbits had moved slightly. It was alive. Well, his wife brought the rabbit back to their apartment. For the next few days, they kept it warm, bottle nursed it, and the rabbit soon was healthy enough that they released it into the wild. And Madison said, just think about how tough that rabbit was. First, it gets eaten by a snake. Then the snake gets chopped to pieces. Then it gets picked up by people and lives. It's all true. Meanwhile, line drive base hit to center by Hendrick. And the Dodgers are in business, first and second, and nobody out. So I guess really the morale to the whole story about the rabbit and the snake, you've got to somehow survive. You've got to somehow battle back. A lesson well taught for
0: all of us. You could give the most talented actor, the most talented writer, the most talented director and stage manager Come and everything on, in the world, man. and say, "I need you to say these words exactly right." And it's not coming out like that. It's not coming out like that. Where and and I know that this is not a, a unique opinion, but that is a unbelievable example of he's telling you the story. You're, wait, wait. He found a rattlesnake. He chopped it up. There's a rabbit alive inside of it. His wife is field dressing the snake in the middle. Uh, two and two pitch, way inside. Three and two to Justin. Three. Like, wait, what? Like, how how are, how are you able to have the thread of both of these things in exactly the right proportions at exactly the right time? And I know exactly what's going on in the game, and I can't wait to hear what happened to that damn rabbit. <laughs> it's just, it is this extraordinary gift to be able to do that. And and I don't care who your favorite actor is or your favorite writer. He was doing all, he was performing that. He was coming up with the story. I mean, it was a real story, but he's telling you the story. And he's also, oh, by the way, doing his day job describing the baseball game on the field. Just an, an extraordinary example of what made one of the things that made him so special.
1: And he's giving a lesson at the end saying, yes. what do we take away from this story? I, I don't I, I don't really know what to do with what I just heard. I really don't know what to do. And I, I say that in such a compliment. That yeah. is, I mean... How artful is what what he just described and what he just did? And this is what I'm talking about when you tell some of the stories. The game becomes secondary. It's not that you don't know what's going on in the game. Is his story becomes as interesting or more interesting during the game when maybe the game was... Maybe it was a slow part Amen. during the game. Amen. Right? <laughs>
0: well think about I mean like to, you know, the, the Gibson home run. We've all heard it a thousand times and yeah. you're gonna hear it again today. I promise. <laughs> I promise we're gonna play it. But this was a Dodger game against the Giants in the middle of the season. It may or may not have been important. It doesn't really matter, but you remember that story, and that's why you would turn on the TV. That's why you would listen to the radio because you knew you're going to get one of those at some point. I want, I, I know that you and I have a lot more that we want to yeah. say about Vince Scully and his career and his impact on all of us, but I want to hear from the people here in LA as well. Let's start in Huntington Beach with Paul. Paul, you're on with Travis Lee. What's going on, Paul?
5: Hey, thanks for taking my call, especially today. Uh, Travis, you know, man, I've been giving you a hard time, you know, calling, talking to baseball for a lot of years. And, you know, today is is just different, right? Sure. And, you know, Vin, Vin Vin's just simply the best, um, you know, years and years ago, you know, mid '90s, I was going to about 50 Dodger games a year. I met a um, an usher on the club level before they uh, put the sweets in. Great old guy, and, and a lot of summer nights with him. At the end of the year, you know, he knew how much I loved Vin, loved the Dodgers. And he made a point to make a Vin and myself. That evening, I just happened to have my girlfriend with me. who didn't know a darn thing about anything, right? But. You know, we were sitting there, and at the end of the game, Vin comes up. I said something stupid about listening to him, you know, on the radio at night. He giggled and said, oh, I've, I've heard that before, young man. And it was very nice. It was a wonderful <laughs> connection. But then he turned to my girlfriend. He said, well, hi there. You can hear the voice. And he shook her hand, and he made her feel like she was the most important person in a 50,000-seat stadium. And and that was kind of the the magic of it is that he connected with people and he knew the game's proper place. Like when he's calling the game, the game's happening and, and and you and you experience it, but it's still just a game. Think about how he came back after 9/11. Sure. Think about, you know, how he signed off on his last game. It wasn't about, you know, worrying about whether the Dodgers won or lost or whether they even won a championship. It was him connecting with you, Travis, and you, Slee, and me. And that connection and the humility that went along with it, I'll get off. I know you've got a lot of people and a lot to get to today, but, you know, Verducci was talking um, on MLB Network, and, and he said something, I'll paraphrase. Perf- Vin, you know, in his 67th year, he was still the best guy calling games. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, how are you still the best guy doing it? And, and Vin's response was so telling. He said, you have to have the humility to prepare, and then you've got to have the courage to go get it done. I'm paraphrasing, but that was it. The humility to prepare. He knew his role. He knew his the role of the players. He also knew the role of the game. And what was most important was connection with all of us through all the years. All right, guys. Hey, listen. Dodgers gonna go win a championship, but uh, today's not about that. Thanks for letting me uh, get it off my chest. Have a good day. You got it, Thank Paul. You,
0: man. Thanks for the call. A, a couple of things here, Al. That I, mm-hmm. he, he what he talked about the the impact he made on his girlfriend. It made her feel like she was the only person in a fifty thousand seat stadium. I think we all felt like that every time you watched. It it didn't feel like he was performing a show for the masses. It felt like he was talking to you, sitting next to you in your living room, and telling you great stories. And, oh, by the way, he knew baseball inside and out. And he could describe the action. And what Paul was talking about with the humility, I think, this is the perfect time to play this. And this was, as he was getting ready, to call it a career, at least behind the mic. And he was getting prepared for his last broadcast and, he was asked the question about, you know, what, what do you think happens next? What, what do you think happens to the, the Dodgers in broadcasting and all these? And, and this, this answer that he has right here that I'm going to play for you here I think is a perfect representation of that humility that Paul was talking about.
4: I saw Mel Allen leave the Yankees. I saw Red Barber leave the Dodgers. I saw Russ Hodges leave the Giants. I saw Harry Carey leave the Cubs. I saw Jack Buck leave the Cardinals. And you know what? Not one of those teams missed a game. They kept on playing, and the fans kept on going. And I will just go along where they are and be very happy and privileged to be in that company. So, no, there'll be somebody somewhere. They'll they'll like some broadcaster maybe out there, maybe one of the broadcasters we have right now. I mean, I don't know, but uh, I know I can be replaced. They've all come and gone, and
0: I will join that same group. It's extraordinary because he is one of those guys, but he's above and beyond those guys. And to be that guy and to realize, hey, listen, they're going to have a Dodger game even though I'm not doing them. Somebody else is going to do it, and you guys are going to like that person too. And I'm going to join these other guys, and, and I get it, and and I, I'm okay with that. And it didn't feel like, you know, sometimes it feels like people are saying the the thing that they want that people yep. want to hear because, like, this is, oh, this will play well. That is the most authentic thing that I've heard. It's just, no, look, guys, I saw it with all these other guys. They they, they played the next season. They they played all their games, and I'm just going to be the next guy in that line. I think that's a, a perfect representation of just how humble and, and decent that Vin Scully was.
1: Chad, they don't come around often. There are certain people that in their craft and the type of person that they are – um Honestly, they're, they're generational. Once in a lifetime, you get somebody like Vince Scully. And you can't replace him. You can't copy him. You can't mimic him. Uh, he is who he is, and he'll always just be this absolute legend. And I really mean it when I say this. And you you had said this earlier. It's Picasso when it's this. And for what he does in his world, there's nobody better, period. We talk sports 15 hours a week at minimum when we're on the air and we're did talking about Did you count about, the 12 minutes? I I did not count <laughs> that. I got to add that in. 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. 16 hours cuz we go over sometimes. But think about that. We talk about Tom Brady and Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali and these goats, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and you say this is the greatest at what they do. He's on the top of his field, yes. you know? And, I I don't and and I love getting the personal stories, but the more you listen to them, the more you play some type of an air check, something like that, you almost just take a step back, and it's like I don't even know if I want to say anything after some of the stuff that I hear. It really is, uh, that's, uh, it's like you said, It's a, it's a tough day for a lot of baseball fans, Dodger fans, but also at the same time, what an amazing, amazing life of 94 years that he gave to so many people that he crossed paths with.
0: We're going to let some more people get in on this, Lou. All of your phone calls coming up next. It's Travis Lee. We're celebrating the life of Vince Scully here on 710 ESPN.
1: taking phone calls, remembering the great, the legend, Vin Scully, if you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Uh, Travis, it's, you know, as we look here, and, of course, there's a lot of people that want to weigh in. A lot of people that want to tell their own personal stories. I'm still sitting back with Emily and just listening to some of those, some of the the calls that we've already just played. I'm just kind of standing back. I'm like, what the heck did I just listen to? <laughs> <laughs> what did What did I just listen to? I just <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe how great his storytelling is.
0: Th- think about uh, your your you know your your buddy, right, who tells funny stories and you really like him. Think about somebody that you hold in incredibly high regard, who's incredibly bright and has this uh, this this depth of knowledge about something very specific. When you listen to Vince Scully, he's telling you a story about a rattlesnake here. He's talking about ancient Mesopotamia here. He's talking about a show tune in the next inning, and he's telling you a story about Jackie Robinson. He's talking about what the moon landing was like. It's like, wait, and none of it sounds like he's, you know, flexing or showing off. It's just, yeah, yeah, I was here for these amazing things, and I've collected these amazing stories, and it always just felt so incredibly authentic. And that's the word that I keep getting drawn back to, Slee, is authenticity. Um, because there was never a moment where it felt like it rang hollow. There, a, a, and that's look, like you said. We talk for multiple hours every day. You know, dozens of hours a week, mm-hmm. and there are times where sometimes you, you'll say something like, "Yeah, that that didn't work. That you know, I, that didn't come out the way that I wanted it to. That sounded awful." And and I'm sure that he had moments where he you know would probably say something. I wish I would have said it a little differently, but it certainly never sounded like that when you were on the receiving end of it. Just. Just an extraordinary life. I, I, I'm very excited to take as many of these phone calls as we can. 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Montclair and Justin. Justin, you're up next. You're on with Travis Lee. Hey,
3: Travis Lee. Uh, taking my call. So what I wanted to touch on, on uh, with Vin is I'm sure there's plenty of people in the Los Angeles area, uh, my age roughly, in their 30s, and introduced to Vin by their dad. Um, <clears throat> my dad actually taught me about Ben from the time I was born. He, he made sure I was a Dodger fan and there was no other chance that I would be a fan of any other. Uh, and so he taught me and showed me all Ben. And last night when I got, there, it, was, it obviously was sad being a Dodger fan, this and that. But what really hit me was the range of emotions because I actually lost my father a year ago. Mm. And so it it felt like like my childhood died. It felt like my, my dad died. It, it felt so much deeper than just you know, the announcer for your favorite baseball team. And I think that that's uh, a tribute to Vin, that he was able to connect uh, families and generations. Like you mentioned earlier, it's just, it's unbelievable that that the range of emotions I felt last night because of an announcer for a baseball team. And that'll never probably be done again with with that profession. Um, And then second, I wanted to make a point, which is actually a little bit more lighthearted. A story I heard about Vin last night that I'd never heard before that, was fascinating was the movie for the love of the game with cut costner he was handed his script for his role as being the announcer he reads the script decides i don't like this isn't ben scully throws the script out tells everybody tells the director i'll do it ad lib i'll do it you know the way i announce games <laughs> he does it all from the top of his head i listened to that scene last night and it blew my mind it sounds like you're listening to a dodge again he truly is the best i appreciate you guys taking my call Uh, An emotional time for all of us, but uh, but thank you guys for what you guys are doing. uh, Remembering Ben
0: today, you got it, Justin. Thanks for uh, sharing your your memories. That uh, that's extraordinary. You could hear it in his voice, and and it's. I think a lot of us feel that way. It's you you get choked up feeling about a little bit, and he said, "You know, how many announcers of a baseball team make you feel like that?" And that's certainly what he was, but he was so much more. he was like he he was a member of your family, and and, you know, even if you never met him, this. I, you, you've gotten to know me pretty well over the last, you know, nearly couple of years. I'm not a terribly emotional guy when it comes to things that don't hit me directly, sure. right? Sure. If it's about my family, then I've, I mean, I'm a human being like everybody else. But you know, if you see a, a movie star, or a musician, or an actor, or you know, a, a, an author that you really respect, and they pass, it's like, oh, that's too bad. I really like listening to them work or or, or doing what they do. This feels so much different. This feels like it's somebody that you knew. I, ne- I didn't know Vin Scully. I-, I wish I did, but I didn't. And it felt personal. And-, and-, and not because I'm a Dodger fan, but because I felt like I had a personal connection with this person. And I- I- there's no one else in my life in my life like that, that isn't a family member to me or a very, very close personal friend who I've spent a lot of time with and shared, you know, victories and, and defeats and, and, and highs and lows. And you don't get those sorts of connections with people you don't know, or at least I don't. Yeah. And, and, and with him, when, when, when we found out last night, it was like you, you lost your favorite uncle or your, your grandpa. It just, it felt so personal. And you, you know, didn't, and and I didn't know him. It, it just, and, and hearing Justin talk about that, it's extraordinary.
1: You know, Trav, the, it's 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 almost like when you hear when when somebody says he's a Dodger broadcaster, I almost feel like that's such a small piece of his resume. No question, right? And when and he did it for
0: sixty seven years.
1: <laughs> and, and when and when Justin and when Justin tells the the story of, hey, it makes me think of my dad. My dad passed a year ago. I mean, I I could only. When when you kind of think of intimate family experiences, yeah, right. When you're sitting at a dinner table, or you're growing up as a kid and it's just just you and the family, and if you have in the background the Dodger game on, and it's Vince Scully that's talking, is he not having dinner with you? Like, is that, think about how intimate, how intimate so that's a great point. that dinner is, or that intimate, how intimate it is He's when in you're your sitting. Home.
6: He's in your you're home. at home,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting in in the living room and you're on your couch and it's just the family members you are closest to and Vin. It's like I and I think a lot of people relate to that and I think a lot of people, you know, walk away. That's why when I say that when I hear Dodger broadcaster, I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a piece, but he kind of infiltrated inside of your family and he wasn't wasn't forced. He wasn't trying to. He's just doing what he loves doing and it came off that way. I, I, the story that Justin had, I'm sure there's thousands, thousands of people here in Los Angeles that have similar stories to that.
0: The story he was telling about for the love of the game. It's the one of the many Kevin Costner baseball movies. This is the one where he plays pitcher Billy Chappell pitching for the Detroit Tigers, and Vin Scully and Kevin Costner have a personal relationship. And he asked Vin to, you know, would you mind, you know, basically playing yourself in 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 this movie that I'm I'm putting together, and you're calling my my perfect game, and Vin agrees to do it. And and he looks at the script or and he says, OK, this doesn't sound this isn't the way I'd say it. Do you mind if I just, you know, kind of call it how I would call it? And go, yeah, sure. And he came up with the line. We, and the reason I know this is somebody mentioned it to us last night. We were talking about that, you know, the the character's name again is Billy Chapel. He says, you know, Billy Chapel in, in, in a cathedral like Yankee Stadium off the top of his head. <laughs> OK, like the guy hired to write the movie didn't do that. He did that. And he says, you know, he's not competing against the New York Yankees. He's competing against time. And, again, that's not a Hollywood writer. I mean, I'm sure the guy that got to write a Kevin Costner movie, pretty damn good at what he does. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, this is not a criticism of the guy not that wrote the movie. Rodeo, right. right. But Scully's it's, it's like, uh, guys, I appreciate everything done. I got this. <laughs> And you, you watch that scene, and it does. It feels like you're watching a Dodger game where somehow Kevin Costner's been teleported into the, the the a real major league stadium because Vin Scully isn't just reading the lines that someone else had written for him. He's Vin Scully, and it's just it's just extraordinary.
1: Do you know how um, some of his iconic calls is the Koufax perfect game? Sure.
0: Um,
1: Fernando's no-hitter, whatever the case is, right? Doesn't it almost feel like I mean he th- he basically threw a no-hitter or a perfect game? for 67 years like he, he, literally every yeah, single night great. was a no-hitter that's great and, and you almost wanted just right at the end of the broadcast everyone to just go crazy <laughs> the way they did for koufax or fernando or kershaw they want you want he should they should have done that for vid that's
0: great game. Slee. that that is that is perfect that is really really great we're gonna do a little uh a little different version of ask Slee coming up next we're gonna we're gonna ask each other just kind of some of our our favorite moments some of our favorite memories of him and uh we're going to continue to celebrate the life of Vince Scully coming up next. If you're on hold, please stay there. Uh, we're going to get to you. I promise. We're going to play more Vince Scully sound. We're going to do something. We've talked about some of the funny stories that he's told, the amazing stories that he told. We're going to get into some of the iconic calls because there are dozens of them. That's all coming up next on Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Obviously, a little bit of a different uh, version of Ask Slee today. We are celebrating the life, the extraordinary life of Vin Scully, his 67 years of calling Dodger baseball. And like Al said, uh, not just calling Dodger baseball, but the NFL, uh, college football, tennis, golf, game shows, Jeez. his own talk show. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, movies and, and everything else that he had to do. Just an unbelievable way. so I, I want to start with you. And I guess this is an Ask Slee from me. As someone that grew up in Southern California but not the Los Angeles area, you're from San Diego originally, what was your, like, relationship to him as somebody that wasn't in there, but obviously you, you knew him, you would hear him on TV, you would see him on TV, you would see him do all these things. Like, what was your initial interaction with the, Vin Scully, the broadcaster?
1: So, and this is kind of unique. I, I actually did get a chance to meet him. And Awesome. And I I was at a Dodger game and just happened to be at the right place at the right time, and and I'll leave it at that. But my relationship, it's interesting, down in San Diego, you have obviously, you got your team and you have your squads, but you're, uh, for me, I'm a fan of the broadcast world and these icons. Bro, Vince Vince Scully's a legend legend everywhere, Mm -hmm. everywhere. So it didn't matter. I mean, you know, yesterday, the uh, Giants, and by the way, how about that? Dodgers and the Giants taking on, uh, facing each other in San Francisco. Where he broadcasted. I I don't
0: mean to interrupt you, but I I just don't want to forget when we were doing the show last night. Darren Chan, who does the uh, the the broadcast, he's the engineer for the broadcast for the San Francisco Giants. That's right. That's right. It's a friend of John's, and it's somebody that I know. uh, Part of the the Laker broadcast. Did Laker broadcast? Did the Angels like DC's been in this for a, a, a really long time? And they do a feature at the end of the game uh, where they have, like, you know, it's not the player of the game or the star of the game, but it's something like they, they, the outtake of the game. I don't know exactly what it is. For the first time ever in the history of them doing that, they gave it to a Dodger last night and they gave it to Vin Scully. That So you, when you mentioned the Dodgers and Giants last night, it's just – even the Giants, the Dodgers and Giants, they hate each other, and yet they understand what it's all about.
1: There's an impact that Vin had on the game of baseball, period. So you don't think every major league park, I'm pretty sure, will show some type of love, some type of memory with Vin Scully. So for me, I, I know he's one of the icons and the legends, and you didn't have to grow up in Los Angeles to know that Um but ever since you know I've been in LA now for almost 13 years, mm-hmm. y- you feel it differently now because I can tell how important he is to everybody in Los Angeles and that obviously feeds off of you.
0: So Emily, you know obviously you know you're, I, I am a born and raised Los Angeles kid and have spent the vast majority of my life here. Slee was just down the road in San Diego. You grew up on the East Coast. you're obviously uh, a lot younger than me, a little bit younger than Slee. What about you? Like the, your, your experiences with Vin Scully and just being a sports fan? and just your experiences getting to listen and or see and hear him?
6: So, uh, growing up, I was not, like, the biggest baseball fan. I did not tune in all the time. I wasn't as active as some other people might have been. But it sometimes just reminds me of, like, playoff baseball. It reminds me of just, like, this feeling. I think I know more about his um, NFL calls because I I worked on the Dwight Clark uh, NFL films piece about him. And so I had to go all into this radio call. And it was... I don't know. Today, going through, I spent like most of the my morning prep, or all my morning prep, bringing in all this sound, and it was like four hours of just me sitting mm. with Vince Scully, and I feel like I got to know him from his beginning to when he left the broadcast, and it was just kind of just sitting there thinking of like, I don't know, I would like learn so much about myself as a human from listening to him, and so while I. Definitely heard him and I listened to his broadcast when I was on the East Coast. I don't think I had as much of an affinity. It just kind of, you know, you know how, like, when you hear Al Michaels, it reminds you of Sunday night. Sure. When you hear uh, Vin Scully, it reminds you of baseball. So I got that on the East Coast. Just That's kind of just the feeling. But today, just going through it and hearing everyone talk about him and just hearing him him talk for four hours has just gotten me, like, thinking so much more about myself, about why I love sports, why I wanted to go in this business. And so that's what I feel about with him. You
0: know, Emily, you had an experience, like John mentioned last night, that once you go onto YouTube, Slee, and start Googling Vin Scully, or, you you know, searching Vin Scully calls, you look up and you're a year older because you've been – and you're not going to listen to the same one twice. It's just extraordinary. Taylor, what about you? You're kind of in the different – in in the middle age-wise you grew up in the middle of the country in Iowa what about your experiences with Vin Scully I was fortunate to catch the tail end of his career I just moved to Los Angeles in 2014 so
4: I I listened to him on uh, the radio just hearing his calls
0: they're they're so iconic and I just feel fortunate that I heard the tail end of his career you know, it, it's, it's a really good point because I, I think about my own kids and my, my, all three of my kids are sports fans. My boys are baseball fans. My daughter, a little bit less so, but she, she certainly knew who Vin Scully was. She, it was the soundtrack of our home, right? It's just, yeah. it was on in the house the whole time. And to your point, you got to hear him at the very end that my kids got to hear him at all. I got to spend, you know, 50 years with him. I got to listen to him for a very, very long time, but, I I'm that that's such a great point that even if you caught it at the very end you certainly feel like you got the full Vince Scully experience.
1: Tiraj, yeah. let me let me throw this over towards you because I, I think there's nobody uh, you're such a I guess blueprint of Los Angeles and I and when I say that when I'm talking about it from a sports perspective you really really this is your roots and you don't you can't get any more Los Angeles than you. I say Vince Scully you've had now it's been about a little over twelve hours um, that you find out the news that the ninety-four year ninety-four year old legend passes away. What what kind of what are some of the first things that come to mind when you think of Vin? What are some of the first things that come to mind when you think of your childhood watching Dodger games? Just kind of give us your thought process. You do such a good job setting us all up. I'm curious to see what it is for you.
0: It, I was trying to think, Al, about like my first conscious memory of listening to him and understanding what it is I was listening to. Not just that there was a baseball game on TV, not just that my dad or my mom had a baseball game on in the car while we were driving from point A to point B, but I understood that what the Dodgers were and that I wanted them to win and that the guy that was describing what was taking place on the field was their guy right like he was he was a part of the team in the sense that it wasn't just some guy telling like he was in you knew he knew what was was going on it was you can't even put your finger on it. i was trying to think of it and i remember it, it i was born here in la like you mentioned literally downtown good sam hospital about five minutes from where we're sitting uh right now but I, I moved to Phoenix, Arizona when I was like seven years old and, and spent a few years out there. This was pre-cable TV. This was pre-every game on on you know on every night there would be a Dodger game and all these things. It was You would get one game a week. It would be on Saturday afternoon, and it would be the NBC game of the week. And Vin Scully was the voice of that game. And you would get one of two games. You would either get a Yankee game, or you would get a Dodger game. Those were the those those were the those are the two teams that you would get and Scully would get the one that would go to the vast majority of the country. Once in a blue moon you would get the B game, right? So you'd get the Cardinals against the San Francisco Giants, right? And it wouldn't be Scully. And I remember thinking it's like what 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 is this (laughs) this 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 no i don't want this i i don't like like and and i'm sure whoever it was that was calling the games was was fantastic i'm sure Sure. they were competent and skilled and and all but i'm like i'm eight years old and i'm like this isn't what i signed up for i i I need that that guy that's on every other game that i listen to because in arizona at the time this is the 70s in in phoenix right Mm -hmm. there there's no major league baseball in in phoenix so the the only Dodger, the only baseball that was on the radio were Dodger games. They they would broadcast Dodger games in there. It, it was the closest team, and you would get Dodger baseball at night on the radio, and it would be the Dodger call, and it would be Vin Scully and Jerry Doggett and Ross Porter and Don Drysdale ultimately. But when all of a sudden it wasn't, you're like – I wasn't old enough to even understand what was happening. It's just, I don't like this. I want that other guy back. And it wasn't until you get a little bit older, you're like, oh, he's he's not just good, and he's not just the guy on my favorite team – He's the best guy that's ever done this, and, and, and you know, that's what I think of.
1: Trav, you know, we, we talk about this. Some of these NFL broadcasters are moving around, and Amazon is grabbing people. You know, I talked about this on the air. Hey, do you listen to an NFL game based upon who's calling it? I'm like, no, I'm watching the NFL game. Right. I, listen, somebody might compliment the game, but I'm not going specifically for that. I think Finn was the exact opposite. It was, yeah, you know, I'm I'm there for the Dodger game, but if Vin's not calling the game, what that, you were doing that at eight years old. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even imagine. know what was
0: happening, but I, it was, it was happening. It certainly felt like that. All right. Let's get into some of the really fun stuff. Let's play yep. some of the more iconic Vin Scully calls, including the one that made a uh, senior in high school do a lap around the block when that ball, she is gone. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee. We're celebrating the life of Vin Scully here on 710 ESPN.